Go to get your game on. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody? Good morning and welcome in to the Philly Sports Power Hour on this Black Friday in November. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving yesterday. I'm still recovering a little bit from Thanksgiving. We hosted, so a little bit of a long day, long night. And today's my daughter's ninth birthday, so we also had to do a little birthday breakfast for her. So still recovering, a lot of food, a little bit of drinks. But all in all, a great day spending time with family. Hope all of you guys had a great day as well. Got a good show planned today. We'll take a look around the NFL at what happened yesterday. Some good football, some bad football, but we'll talk about it all. And then we'll turn our focus because it is a football Friday. Although it was a short week, it was a football Friday today. Because we got a big game on Sunday, Philadelphia Eagles, Buffalo Bills. So we'll talk about it. But who do we got in the house today? I don't know if we'll have our normal crew or not on this Black Friday, but let's get a little roll call in the chat for my Power Hour crew. I see Tampa Eagle in the house. Chuck Hutton, good morning. Rich McClatchy, Decoy Gaming, Bobby Murphy. And I won't ignore, we have a 49ers troll already in the chat. Rome 33, we'll talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Eagles fan in the house. Thunderbird, good morning to you. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving yesterday. I ate a ton yesterday, as usual. But I'm a little disappointed. We got a 20-pound bird, and there's not much leftover from that turkey. And I usually like to do the whole leftover turkey gobbler today, the whole nine yards, but we got some mashed potatoes and stuffing left over, but no turkey left over. My family can eat, man. My family can eat. But I appreciate Chuck Hutton in the chat saying leave a like. Everybody hit that like button for us. Hit that share button for us. But we do have a good show today. It is Football Friday. Like I said, it's a little bit strange of a week because we weren't here yesterday. Eagles played on a Monday night. It's a short week. and That's something we talked about earlier in the week. Is there any concern? Because you feel... I feel off. You guys probably feel a little bit off about there being an Eagles game on Monday night, then there being a Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday, and now you have to get ready for a football game on Sunday. Is there any concern that this Philadelphia Eagles team comes out a little flat against the Buffalo Bills? Anybody? Oh, and I see my... Future mother-in-law checking in in the chat saying, we'll do better next year because I said I was disappointed there's no turkey left over. Not your fault. My family can eat. That's the problem. They put away that turkey like it was going out of style yesterday. But good to see you checking in in the chat. Jerome Anthony already given a prediction. We'll get our prediction. We will get our predictions by the end of the show. I'll get your guys' predictions. I'll give you my predictions as well. What's up, Carlos Drew? Good morning. Michael Stone, good morning to you. Appreciate the happy birthday wishes to my daughter. I'll let her know. She'll be excited. She always likes when I mention her on the show. I go back and show her, so she does like that. So I do appreciate it. But are you concerned at all? I see Chuck Hutton saying it's, it could be a trap game. Look, there is a lot of reasons to believe that this could be a game where the Eagles come out flat. And I'm going to tell you why I'm not concerned, and we talked a little bit about this last week. Not last week. See, we're, we're off. I'm off. It wasn't last week. It was earlier in the week. But with that Thanksgiving holiday thrown right in the middle, it feels like it was an entirely separate week. Does that impact the Philadelphia Eagles at all? But there's a lot of reasons. You know, first of all, you have the Monday night on the road in Kansas City. 
regardless of what the outcome of that game was, regardless of the fact that it was against the Kansas City Chiefs, simply being on the road on a Monday night and then having to turn around on a short week and play again on Sunday is tough. Then you throw on top of the fact that it was an emotional win over the team that just beat you in the Super Bowl. Then you also throw on top of that that you mix in the Thanksgiving holiday on a Thursday. There are a lot of reasons to think that this could be a quote-unquote trap game, as Chuck Hutton says in the chat. And Peter Doty, I see you. Good morning. Go Sixers, I see you. Lewis Powell, good morning. Thank you for the birthday wishes for my daughter. But there's even more reasons to think that this could be a trap game because look who's coming to town next week. And we already got our 49ers troll in the chat first thing in the morning. You got the 49ers next week. So there's all of these factors being thrown in where it could lead you to believe that this Sunday in Philadelphia against an AFC opponent like the Buffalo Bills could be a little bit of a letdown week. But the reason I just can't imagine this team allowing that to happen is because of what we've seen for two seasons now. Yeah, they had a tough game against the New York Jets, mainly because of turnovers. Last year, they had that tough game against the Washington Commanders. But outside of those two games over the last two seasons, all this team does is show up and win football games. They don't appear to be a team that falls for the quote-unquote trap game or you know, looking past an opponent or struggling on short weeks. They just don't seem to have that in their DNA. And I give a lot of credit to their leadership. We talked about the veterans on this team, Jalen Hurts, the coaching staff. But there are a lot of reasons to think that this could be the quote-unquote trap game for the Philadelphia Eagles. I hope it doesn't happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But I laid out the reasons why it could happen. But I see more people checking in the chat. The Fandalorian, the Bills literally have four corners injured in their secondary. Fandalorian, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. But so did the Jets. Do you remember that? The Jets' entire secondary was basically hurt in that game the Eagles lost this year. So you never know in the NFL. You just never know. I'll give you my prediction at the end of the show, and you'll see, Fandalorian, I agree with you, but you never know. Chip Tooth Eagle, what's up to you? Hope you had a great Thanksgiving as well. Appreciate you. Hollywood Hogan in the house. Michael Stone already talking about the Cowboys. Well, let's take a look then. Let's. Let's turn our focus to yesterday's football. And all three games yesterday, Eagles fans should have been interested in. Look, we all probably sit there on Thanksgiving watching football anyway, regardless of what the game is. But all three games yesterday should have had our interest because before yesterday, there were four teams vying for the Philadelphia Eagles and that top spot. Now I think it's down to three after what happened in Seattle. But all of the teams that are trying to catch the Eagles for the number one seed in the NFC played yesterday. And you, if you guys follow it as closely as I do, you know who we wanted to lose yesterday. You wanted the Lions to go down. You wanted the Cowboys to go down. And I would have liked to have seen the 49ers go down. Well, only one of them happened. The 1230 game, but probably when you really take a step back, even though we hate the Cowboys and are starting to hate the 49ers just as much as we hate the Cowboys here in Philadelphia, when you really take a step back, the Lions losing was probably the best of the three. Yeah, we wanted to see all of them lose, but if we had to pick just one, you probably should be happy that it was the Lions that went down. And we've talked about this before. Look, the Eagles were 9-1. and one. Going into yesterday, the only team with two losses in the NFC was the Detroit Lions. 49ers had three losses. Cowboys had three losses. The Seahawks had four losses. 
So it was the Detroit Lions game that really helps the Philadelphia Eagles going forward, in my opinion. And you saw the Green Bay Packers. I did a video on my Instagram, and I tell you guys, be sure you're following at Legal Hands to the Face. But I did a video in the morning talking about how even though the Lions were seven-point favorites in that game, Jordan Love was coming off his best game of his career the week before for the LA Char- against the L.A. Chargers. In the week before, he threw 322, no interceptions, had two touchdowns, and he had another good game against the Detroit Lions. It helped that Jared Goff fumbled it three damn times. It helped that Dan Campbell who right now is the favorite to win coach of the year, made some horrible decisions in that game. Horrible. Look, we all want to give Dan Campbell credit when he does good things. People better get on him for some of the decisions he made in that game against the Green Bay Packers. That fake punt in the third quarter from your own zone in a two-score game, ridiculous. That was a horrible call. Look, we talk about it a lot. I love that Nick Sirianni is aggressive. But I've said it before. He is appropriately aggressive. There is being aggressive and then just being stupid. And I felt like what Dan Campbell did yesterday was just stupid. And it backfired in a big way. They go one of five on fourth down yesterday for only 20%. And how nice was it? Let's take a step back and truly appreciate the brotherly shove for a second. If you guys watched all three of these games, you saw how much of a weapon it is that the Philadelphia Eagles can run that brotherly shove on fourth and one because these other teams in fourth and one, they can't pick up first downs. Happened to Green Bay, happened to Detroit, happened to Washington. Fourth and one for the Eagles is as close to automatic as it comes with the brotherly shove. And this is what we've been screaming here in Philadelphia since all the chatter about trying to outlaw that play was if everybody could do it, they would do it. And they can't. And that's why that play should not be outlawed because it's not our fault that we're so damn good at that play. It's not our fault that we have a quarterback that can squat 600 pounds and a center that's going to the Hall of Fame. So don't outlaw that play simply because the Philadelphia Eagles are so damn good at it. And you saw it on full display on Thanksgiving that these other teams on fourth and one really struggled. Really struggled. But I see some of you guys checking in in the chat. Chuck Hutton saying, I'm right, that Campbell was reckless. Reckless yesterday. Stupid decisions. But that's big for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we've talked about it. Not that I think the Detroit Lions are the best team in the NFC outside of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't. I do think that is the San Francisco 49ers. And if we have any of our 49ers trolls in the chats, I'm giving you props. You are the best team in the NFC outside of the Philadelphia Eagles. But the reason that we wanted to see the Detroit Lions lose is because the Eagles don't play the Lions in the regular season. The Lions had what looked on paper as an easy schedule. So we needed somebody to knock them off. We thought it was going to be last week, but Chicago blew it. So it was great to see the Packers come in as seven-point dogs. Seven-and-a-half-point dogs, actually, by the time kickoff happened and knock off the Detroit Lions. And that's big because now you look at it, and the Lions are 8-3, and two games back of our Philadelphia Eagles. And two of their losses for the Lions are against NFC opponents. That is big. Because when it comes down to any potential tiebreakers, assuming both teams would finish 14-3, and as long as the Philadelphia Eagles don't lose two games against NFC opponents going forward, they would win that tiebreaker. Now, we'll see how it all plays out. Eagles still have some tough games, quote-unquote. 
you've you've heard me say it before. I will no longer refer to this stretch as the gauntlet. They're tough games. They are. But we are the gauntlet. And I see the Fandalorian saying, what's insane to me is that the Eagles have had the best record in the NFL for 29 straight weeks. And Sirianni is fifth in odds for coach of the year, even behind Dan Campbell. Fandalorian, I don't know if you were here for Wednesday's show, but I went off on that exact thing, man. On that exact thing. Because Sirianni does not get the respect that he deserves nationally. And we talked about why. I really think it's because of the way he acts. I think it rubs people the wrong way outside of Philadelphia. But I love it, man. I don't have a problem with it. It's who he is. It's genuine. I think the players like it. Obviously, the fans like it. But he does not get the respect he deserves. And all it will do is make it so much sweeter if hopefully in February, Sirianni is holding up that Lombardi trophy. But you had the Detroit Lions go down yesterday. Big news for the Philadelphia Eagles. That certainly helps. And then you had the Dallas Cowboys do what the Dallas Cowboys do. And that's just beat up on bad teams, man. And they really do pile it on against these bad teams, don't they? Get themselves all excited. For the third straight week, the Dallas Cowboys were a double-digit favorite in a game. And they delivered. They delivered. 45-10 against the Commanders. Great job, Dallas. Going to the Super Bowl again. All the Cowboys fans coming out of the woodwork. They weren't around for a little while, but now they're back. And they're bigger than ever. Them boys were going to the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott, MVP, do it against a good team. Look, and I'm not usually a guy who likes to say, hey, look at who they've played, because you only can play who's on your schedule. But we've now seen a big enough sample size of the Dallas Cowboys on what they do against good teams and what they do against bad teams. And in their eight wins... Jacob Sports actually put out this stat today. The Cowboys have not beat a team this season that has more than five wins. The total record of the teams the Dallas Cowboys have beaten is 22 and 51. And I see Hollywood Hogan in the chat saying that Dallas almost beat the Eagles, so why are you trashing them? Look, Almost don't count Hollywood Hogan. Good teams find ways to win games. Bad teams find ways to lose them. So I'm not going to sit up here and talk about how Dallas almost beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They didn't. Bad teams figure out ways to lose games. So we'll see now what Dallas does as their schedule now gets a little bit more difficult little bit more difficult they're going to have a Thursday night game against the Seattle Seahawks and Hollywood Hogan I didn't say that they suck I just said come talk to me when they can beat a good team haven't done anything against anybody I don't think they have a bad team in fact I said it after the Eagles game that I felt the Cowboys had a decent team this year but I don't think they're on the level of the Philadelphia Eagles I don't think they're as good as the San Francisco 49ers. They proved it when they played the 49ers. They got absolutely crushed in that game. What was the score of that game? 42 to 10. Where was Dak in that one? And look, they do it to themselves, man. They do it to themselves. All the chatter. We're back. We're going to the Super Bowl. Come talk to us when they beat a good team. And now they'll have their opportunity. They got a Thursday night against Seattle. Seattle is going the wrong way. Two straight losses. We'll talk about that game in a second. Then they get Philadelphia. In Dallas. Then they have the Buffalo Bills. Then they have the Miami Dolphins. Then the Detroit Lions. So we'll see what they do now. We'll see what they do now. 
And Hollywood Hogan, just give me a little bit of a background. You a Cowboys fan or an Eagles fan, man? And here we go. We got Harris in the chat, our 49ers troll, talking about how the Eagles are not on the same level as the Niners. Look, we won't even have to debate that anymore after next week. We'll see what happens next week. Oh, Hogan's a Niners fan. That makes sense. That makes sense. So Dallas dominates the Commanders. They're sitting here now at 8-3. and three. And then the 49ers, I know we got some 49ers fans in the chat. I don't hide from it. You got a good team. 49ers have a good team. They looked really, really good last night against the Seattle Seahawks, especially in that first half. We know how good that 49ers offense is with McCaffrey and Kittle and Debo, but that defense was playing lights out in the first half last night. And they hold on to win that game in the end. I shouldn't say hold on. I mean, they dominated the game, but Seattle tried to make a little bit of a push of a comeback, but just couldn't happen. And then they ran away with it. But Niners are good. I told you. I put the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles as the two best teams in the NFC. And I see Hollywood Hogan saying that the Niners now have 10 days off before the Eagles. But you see, that's not, we're not going to do that here in Philadelphia. You know, we're not going to make excuses like the Niners have been doing for almost a year now about why we're going to lose or because we didn't have our quarterbacks. No. Look, yeah, you get a little bit of a break. You have a little bit of an advantage. But we'll, we'll break that game down next week. We will break that game down next week. But Niners are definitely a good team, not taking anything away from you. Definitely a good team. I do think the Philadelphia Eagles are a better team, though. And we got Harris now in the chat. The Eagles O-line will not be able to handle the Niners D-line. Look, the Niners D-line is stacked. They are. In fact, one of them was on the Eagles last year, Javon Hargrave. But the Eagles O-line's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. Not taking anything away from your D-line. It's one of the deepest D-lines in the NFL. But to act like the Eagles O-line is trash is ridiculous. But we will see what happens. We will see what happens. But it should be a nice finish to the regular season now. These games really do matter. Eagles at 9-1, and one, Niners at 8-3, and three, Lions at 8-3, and three, Cowboys at 8-3. and three. Oh, here we go. Hollywood Hogan tooting our own horn about beating a team with no quarterback. Listen, this is the last I'm going to give credit to this argument because I talked about this last week and I'm sick of talking about it. The reason you had no quarterback in the NFC Championship game was because your head coach decided to block one of the best defensive players in the NFL, Hassan Reddick, with a backup tight end. And Reddick knocked him out of the game. This wasn't some fluke injury where your quarterback pulled up with a hamstring running out of bounds. He got knocked out of the game because your head coach decided to block Hassan Reddick with a backup tight end. So I'm sick of the Niners fans whining about not having a quarterback. You did it to yourselves. And then you put a backup in and did the same thing, and he got knocked out of the game on a hit by the Eagles' defensive line. These were not fluke injuries. These were not hamstring injuries or ankle injuries. They got knocked out of the game because your offensive line and your backup tight end couldn't block our defensive line. So stop throwing around excuses about how you didn't have a quarterback. You didn't have a quarterback because we took them both out of the game. It's the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard. Anyway. Get me all worked up on this Black Friday, man. And if Hertz gets blasted on the tush push, you won't complain. Hollywood Hogan, go for it, man. Nobody can stop the tush push. And I can't wait to see the Niners try. Can't wait. Go for it. Try to stop it. Let's see what happens. But we're going to find out in two weeks. But you're right. 
This is what I don't want to see the Eagles do is what we're doing right now, which is looking forward to the San Francisco 49ers because we do have a big game on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. And we're going to break it all down. And I see my, my fiance's in the chat saying I'm all fired up. She could probably hear me screaming in the room. But there is a big game. But they were good games. Niners had a good game. They're sitting at 8-3. and three. But you look at the remaining schedule for the Philadelphia Eagles. They are still in the driver's seat. Now two games up on everybody in the NFC. You look at those last three games of the year. And this is the last time we'll look ahead. Then we'll talk about Buffalo. But you look at those last three games of the year, Eagles should win all three of those games. I say should because you never know. But they should win all three of the last three of the year, which would get them to 12 wins, which really means over the next four, three and one guarantees you the top seed. I mean, if they finish the season at 15 and two, nobody can catch them. Nobody. But even two and two, finishing the season at 14 and three, depending on who you lose to, would probably get you the number one seed. But we'll see how all that plays out. We will see how all that plays out. And I see some more people checking in in the chat late. Twiz, good morning. Joe Eagle talking about the media all over the Niners in Dallas. They just love... When the Cowboys do anything good, man, everybody just loves to throw all the love towards them. Oh, they're going to the Super Bowl. But we'll see. We'll see. We will see. But, guys, we're going to stop talking about the Cowboys and stop talking about the 49ers because we have a big game on Sunday between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. So I want to turn our focus to that matchup. We'll take a look at some of the things that I think are important in that game. And then because it's our football Friday, I'll give you my prediction. I'll get your predictions right before the end of the show. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour on this Black Friday, Football Friday. Big game on Sunday for our Philadelphia Eagles against the Buffalo Bills coming to town. Another Kelly Green game. Should have everybody excited. Always fun to see those Kelly Greens. And some good uniforms yesterday. Just brings you back when you watch Thanksgiving football. You see the Lions in their throwbacks. I even like the Cowboys throwbacks just because it reminds me of Thanksgiving Day. 49ers threw it back a little bit. They had the shadow numbers, those black shadow numbers on their jerseys last night. What do you think of those Seahawks jerseys, man? Those things are bright. Wear that when you go jogging at night so you don't get hit by a car. But appreciate all you guys being here on Black Friday. Not sure who's working today, who's not working today. Some places are off today, but any of you guys go shopping today? I have never in my life been a Black Friday shopper, and I never will, man. I don't think you could pay me to go to the stores. Anybody going shopping? Some people are probably already out. I know people who go overnight, like as soon as the stores open, right? Because aren't some stores open at like midnight on Black Friday? Crazy. And I see Jeffrey Todd in the chat talking about the Bills are a dangerous team. We can't overlook them. And I want to talk about that. And, Jeffrey, if you were here earlier, I was talking about how a lot of things are pointing to this could be a game the Eagles overlook. I don't think they will, but it could be. And I see some people answering whether or not they shop on Black Friday. Kevin Savard, hell no. I'm right with you, man. I am right with you. Joe Eagle, I went one time like five or six years ago. Never again. (laughs) Go Sixers. I'm not leaving the house. Twiz, I don't want something that bad. Kevin Savard, I work overnights. No thanks. Decoy Gaming wishes he could, but working all day. And then having a second Thanksgiving tonight. I like it. But, dude, I don't wish I could go to the stores. I want nothing to do with these stores. Cyber Monday, that's a new thing that's back. that's been here the past few years. You could just do it from your own home on Monday. But our Niners fan, Harris, in the chat saying two straight losses are coming up for the Eagles. Well, I'll say this. I think the Eagles beat the Buffalo Bills, and I'll give you my prediction at the end. But if for some reason they were to lose on Sunday, they're not losing two in a row, man. This team... They don't lose games, and they certainly don't lose two in a row. But before we get into Eagles talk, it's football Friday, so we're not going to talk any hockey or Sixers, but there are some Flyers games and some Sixers games. Fly guys play today at 1 o'clock. They always play on Black Friday. They got the New York Rangers today. Rangers are playing really good hockey, 13-3-1, going against the Flyers, 10-8-1. After winning five in a row, they did drop their last game. So let's see if the Flyers can get back to their winning ways. And the Sixers play tomorrow. They got to get things right. Sixers have to get things right. After going on that nice winning streak they had in the beginning of the season, they've now have dropped two in a row, three in a row at home. But they play tomorrow in Oklahoma City against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hopefully they can get back to their winning ways before coming home on Monday night for the L.A. Lakers and LeBron in the house. But it is Football Friday, so let's turn our focus to this Buffalo Bills team. And I see a lot of people in the chat pretty confident. Some people talking about how you can't overlook this Bills team. And you can't because, look, Bills are 6-5. and Not terrible. But I know that organization seems to be going through 
some drama. They had to fire their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. They're not as high in the standing as everyone thought they would be to start the year. But this is a must-win game for the Buffalo Bills. And that's the one thing that has you a little bit concerned as Eagles fans, is this is not a must-win game for the Philadelphia Eagles. You, you look at the remaining part of the Eagles' schedule. This is probably the least important game of the next seven. I want to see them win. It'll go a long way to helping them secure the number one seed. But if you look at the next seven games that the Philadelphia Eagles have, this game is probably the least important. But you look at the Buffalo Bills, and this is as close to a must-win game as you can have with a non-conference opponent. Because they're sitting there two games behind the Miami Dolphins for the AFC East. They're six and five. The Dolphins are seven and three. I just want to take a look at the playoff picture and see where do they stand with regard to the wild card. So right now they're still on the bubble. The wild card teams, if the season ended today, would be the Browns, the Texans, and the Steelers. Steelers are six and four. The Texans are six and four. So impressed with what the Texans are doing with C.J. Stroud and first-year coach D'Amico Ryans. But this is a must-win game for the Buffalo Bills. And I know they're only 6-5, and five, but you look at this team, they're not as bad as a lot of people are making them out to be. And I see Antonio Holmes saying they're missing a lot of pieces on defense. That is true. You look at the injury report, Micah Hyde, was a limited participant. Their safety, Dane Jackson, did not practice. Another corner, Teron Johnson, another corner's hurt. Cam Lewis, another corner. Taylor Rapp, another safety. So they are a little bit banged up. We'll see. There'll be another injury report today. Yesterday's was kind of estimated. But let's just, before we get over to the defense, let's look at this offense for the Buffalo Bills. Because you look up and down the Buffalo Bills, and where they rank in every statistical category on offense, and they are pretty much top 10 in every single category except for one, but it's a big one, and that's turnovers. Turnovers are absolutely killing this Buffalo Bills offense and this Buffalo Bills team. Because you look at their offense, number six in the NFL in total yards per game. Number seven in points per game, putting up 27 points a game. That should win you a lot of games in the NFL, especially when you're supposed to have a defense as good as Buffalo. Number seven in passing yards per game. Number 11 in rushing yards per game. Eighth in yards per carry. Third in yards per play. They're averaging six yards a play. They're number two in the NFL in third down conversions, and they are only a tenth of a point behind the Philadelphia Eagles, who are number one. They're number three in the red zone at 66%. They're number two. In giving up sacks, they don't give up a lot of sacks. You, If I just gave you all those statistics, you would say, man, that team's got to be close to undefeated. But the reason they have lost five games is because they're 26th in the NFL in turnovers. They've turned the ball over 19 times. And I did a video on my Instagram this morning, at Legal Hands to the Face, about how it's feast or famine with this Bills team when it comes to turnovers and takeaways. In their six wins this season, the Buffalo Bills have only turned the ball over five times, and their defense has taken it away 14 times for a turnover differential of plus nine. Excellent. That's in their six wins. 
Then you look at their five losses. Their offense has turned it over 14 times, and their defense has only taken it away five times for an exact opposite, negative nine differential. So in their wins, plus nine. In their losses, negative nine turnover differential. We talk about it every week that turnovers are so important in the NFL, and if you win the turnover battle, you're most likely going to win the game. Well, it even more applies this week against the Buffalo Bills because their offense can score. Their offense can put up points. They have playmakers on that offense. They got a good tight end, decent running back. Josh Allen can make plays. The problem is Josh Allen turns it over, thrown 12 interceptions this season. Fumbled it away three times. Seven straight games with an interception. The Eagles have to force turnovers on Sunday afternoon. And another thing I'd really like to see them do is play Dalton Kincaid the way they played Travis Kelsey. Kelsey didn't do much in that game against the Eagles. I know he had a touchdown. But you're talking about one of the best tight ends that's ever played the game, and I thought the Philadelphia Eagles did a pretty good job against Travis Kelsey. Use a similar game plan against Dalton Kincaid. Now, the one difference with this Bills team that the Chiefs didn't have is a wide receiver as good as Stephon Diggs. So our corners really need to show up on Sunday and shut down Stephon Diggs. But I would like to see Kevin Byard play against Dalton Kincaid the way you had Kevin Byard playing against Travis Kelsey. But you look at this offense for Buffalo, they can score. They can move the ball. It's just been their Achilles heel has been turnovers. And let's hope this Philadelphia Eagles team can continue to take it away. Because that's been something they haven't done very well this season until that Chiefs game. Getting those two big red zone turnovers against Patrick Mahomes was huge. And I still love the fact that it was two veteran guys who weren't even here when the season started. Great moves by Howie Roseman, getting Bradley Roby to hopefully solidify that slot corner position, bringing in Kevin Byard to help us in the safety position. And both of those guys come up with big red zone turnovers. But you look at this Eagles defense, they haven't been getting a lot of turnovers this year. They're 21st in the NFL in takeaways. So hopefully this week, they can get some. Because there's going to be opportunity against this Bills team to get some takeaways. And that is the key to beating them. I just gave you the numbers. This Bills offense can score. This Bills offense can put up yards. What's held them back has just been turnovers. But what do you guys think in the chat? Do you think the Eagles defense will be able to get turnovers against Josh Allen? And the thing that surprised me the most, I think, when looking at these numbers for the Buffalo Bills is that they've only given up 14 sacks this season. So, Eagles defensive line can get after it, but the Bills don't give up a lot of sacks, which is interesting. But hopefully they can create some pressure and really create those turnovers that we need. And while we're talking about the Eagles defense, I see some people in the chat talking about Shaq Leonard, the Indianapolis Colts linebacker. I'd love to see the Eagles bring him in, especially now that he has cleared waivers. It won't cost you anything to get him. The issue was is when Shaq Leonard got cut, there was still $6 million owed to him for this season. So if any team picked him up on waivers, they would have been on the hook for that $6 million contract. He cleared waivers. So you could pretty much get him for nothing right now. So I would like to see them bring him in. He's got a history with Nick Sirianni. In fact, when Sirianni had his first press conference in Philadelphia, that didn't go that great. The first person that came to his defense was Shaq Leonard in Indianapolis. 
saying, yo, this guy's a good coach. You can't judge him by that press conference. And he seems like he's a great character guy. He's still only 28 years old, so he's not he's not even over 30. His play has fallen off a little bit, but you never know. Maybe a change of scenery for a winning team can have him bounce back. And I'd like him just as a depth piece because outside of Morrow and Cunningham, linebacker position is extremely thin. So I would like to see them make that move. But we talked about the Bills' offense. We know they can put up points. They put up a lot of yards. They just turn it over a lot. Well, how is that Buffalo Bills defense doing this year? And they haven't been bad. They haven't been that bad. They're 10th in the league, giving up 315 yards a game. They don't give up a lot of points. They've only given up 17 points a game, which is fourth in the NFL. But here's where I think the Eagles can really take advantage. They're 27th in the league, giving up four and a half yards a carry to opposing offenses. You can run the football on this team. They're not bad against the pass, top 10 defense against the pass. Number two in the NFL in sacks. They got a lot of guys that could get after the quarterback. Probably none better than Leonard Floyd, who's got nine and a half sacks this season. So it won't be easy to throw the ball against them. The Eagles have shown they can pretty much throw the ball on everybody. Didn't do it very well against the Kansas City Chiefs until they had to. So I never expect a team to completely shut down this Philadelphia Eagles passing game. But it's nice to see when you look at these numbers, they should be able to run the football on the Buffalo Bills. And you look at the numbers, they're middle of the pack in rushing yards against. 110 yards a game. That puts them at 16, middle of the pack. But when you look deeper, they're giving up four and a half yards a carry, which is near the bottom of the league at 27th. That's the number I like to see. Run the football against this Bills defense. And we saw it in that Chiefs game. First drive of the game where they scored their touchdown. They really stuck with the run. DeAndre Swift was a big part of that drive. Would really like to see them continue to do that. And you see what makes the 49ers so effective. And what I do really like about the 49ers offense is that their run really sets up the pass. And you see it. They run the play. They'll run it again. They'll run it again. It looks the same to the defense, the way the offensive line is moving, the way the offensive linemen are pulling, the way the running back movement's going, the way Brock Purdy is running the play action. Sometimes he's handing it off, but then they'll run the exact same look to a secondary, and boom, now you can take your shot over the top. I really want to see the Philadelphia Eagles, because I know what they like to do is throw the ball to then set up the run late. I still want to see them stick with the run, and use the run to set up the pass. And now that you have Cam Jurgens back, he played decent against the Chiefs. Would like to see him get even better, get in better game shape hopefully this week. Let's really commit to the run against this Buffalo Bills team. And I know this isn't the NFL from 20 years ago. I'm not saying to run the ball 50 damn times, but what I'm saying is, be balanced. Stick with the run to set up the pass, not the other way around. And I talked about how the Bills' offense turns the ball over a lot. Well, this defense does get a lot of takeaways. They are second in the NFL with 19 takeaways this season, so we have to protect the football. I talk about every single week there are really three keys to every NFL game that I think if you look at those three areas will tell you who won the football game. Number one is turnovers. Who won the turnover battle? And I gave you the Bills numbers in their wins, plus nine turnover differential. In their losses, negative nine turnover differential. Who wins the turnover battle? Well, the Buffalo Bills get after it, man. They are second in the league in takeaways. Eagles are middle of the pack, 16th in the NFL and turning it over. 
But I think the real key will be, can the defense that doesn't have a lot of takeaways this year get them against an offense for Buffalo who really turns the ball over a lot? That's number one, turnover battle. Number two is red zone. And you look at this Philadelphia Eagles red zone offense, as much as they struggled to start the season, they have been really good over the last few weeks. They now sit in the top 10 at 59%, which is number nine in the league. Think about the climb they made. It was only a few weeks ago we were sitting here talking about them in the 20s, then in the low teens. Now they're at number nine in the NFL at 59%. And you look at their red zone offense since week six, they are number one in the NFL converting 75% of the time. That's going to win you a lot of football games in this league. Bill's defense hasn't been bad in the red zone. Number 10. So you have two top 10 red zones going up against each other in the Eagles offense and the Bills defense. That will be a big matchup in this football game. The Bills offense, pretty damn good in the red zone. Number three in the red zone going up against an Eagles defense that hasn't been great in the red zone. Two big red zone stops against the Chiefs that won that game, forcing those two turnovers. But on the year, they're 25th in the league in red zone defense. So we talked about turnovers, the second key to every game, red zone efficiency. Who's going to win that battle may dictate who wins this football game. And you got a Bills team that's been very good on both offense and defense in the red zone. Eagles have been good on offense lately, haven't been as good on defense. They need to fix that and start holding teams to three points. And then the third key to every NFL game, in my opinion, is third down efficiency. And with this Philadelphia Eagles team in the modern NFL, really fourth down gets added into that. And I told you the Buffalo Bills are number two in the NFL on third down only 0.1% behind the Philadelphia Eagles. So you have the two best third-down offenses in the league going up against each other on Sunday. Who can get off the field on third down may dictate who wins this football game. And you look at both defenses have been pretty, well, I should say the Bills have been averaged. Eagles have been pretty bad on third down on defense. Eagles are 27th in the league on third down, giving up way too many third down conversions. They did a great job in the second half against the Chiefs, but in the first half, Chiefs were getting first downs on third down whenever they wanted, even a third and 15 at the end of the half. You have to clean that up. But the Bills are middle of the pack. They're sitting there at 15th in the league on third down. But like I said, in the modern NFL, and especially with this Eagles team, you almost have to take it even one step further and talk about fourth down. Because in addition to having the number one third down offense in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles have the number one fourth down offense in the NFL. They are converting on fourth down close to 77% of the time. And you saw it yesterday. On full display, none bigger than in that Detroit Lions game, that if you go for it on fourth down and you don't convert, you're going to lose a lot of games. I think they went one of six, or was it one of five yesterday, Detroit Lions? It was either one of five or one of six on fourth down. One of them on a fake punt, which I talked about earlier, was just idiotic. Dan Campbell should drop immediately in the head coach of the year conversation. Still a good coach, don't get me wrong. But the fact that he's sitting up there above Nick Sirianni is a crime, in my opinion. But the Eagles are number one on fourth down. Buffalo hasn't been as good. They're 12th on fourth down. Both defenses have been okay on fourth down. Eagles have been 11th in allowing fourth down conversions. The Bills, 18th. But those are really the three keys to every game, but even more so this week, in my opinion. It's going to be who wins the turnover battle. That's number one, especially against this Bills team. Who can score touchdowns in the red zone and not get held to field goals? 
That's key number two. And then number three, who can extend drives on offense on third down and which defense can get off the field on third and fourth down. Those are the three keys to every game. Twiz in the chat asking, where's the clown that said he would take McDaniel over Sirianni? Sirianni's a great coach, doesn't get his respect. But listen, guys, it's that time. It's Football Friday. I'm going to give you my prediction, Want your predictions in the chat. So feel free, give me your predictions for Sunday's matchup. It's a 425 game, I believe, down at the link in those Kelly Greens. Everything is pointing towards the fact that this should be a trap game, that this should be a game the Philadelphia Eagles come out flat, Looking past the Bills, I gave you all the reasons why. The short week, on the road on Monday night, Thanksgiving holiday, 49ers next week. But this team doesn't have trap games. They are too well coached. The leadership is too strong. And my prediction for this week is that all of those keys that I talked about, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the turnover battle. They are going to protect the ball on offense. They are going to force Josh Allen and that Bills offense to make mistakes. And the Philadelphia Eagles are going to improve their record to 10-1 and with a 31-24 win on Sunday at the link. Going 10-1, and bringing in those 49ers next week. But let me get some of your predictions in the chat. Joshua Stewart, 24-21 Eagles. Antonio Holmes, 31-20 Eagles. Twiz, 35-31. Forte, 27-18 Birds. Tampa Eagle, 35-24 Eagles. Joe Eagle, 31-23 with the Bills getting a garbage touchdown. Paul Mancini, Eagles win 26-21 in another close game. Bobby Murphy's got the Eagles 30-24. Godfrey Wilson, time to get back into the 30s, 34-18. Chuck Hutton, 30-24 to 24 Eagles. That's how I see it, too, guys. I have the Eagles putting up over 30 points, which isn't an easy task against this good Bills defense. They only give up 17 a game, but I do think the Eagles offense, I think they bounce back after a tough game against Kansas City. But if you guys want more content, make sure you're following me on Twitter, at Bill Calarulo. On Instagram, at Legal Hands of the Face, I will continue to post videos leading up to the game on Sunday afternoon, talking about these different matchups. But like we end every single show, and I don't want to miss some of you guys in the chat. I see V, 31-24, Lathan, 31-20. Kevin Savard has the Bills winning, has the Eagles going down 34-24. But let me give you a little bit of today in sports history. So this one's a little bit different, keeping with the Black Friday theme. So I always thought, Always thought that Black Friday was just because it's when the store's accounting books went from red to black. So I started researching, is that in fact the case? Well, it's kind of the case, but it's a little bit different. Apparently, in 1869, two investors caused a market crash by driving up the price of gold. The market dropped 20%. Foreign trade stopped. And the farmers witnessed a huge drop in corn and wheat value. And that started getting referred to as Black Friday back in 1869. But then here's where Philadelphia comes into play. Much later in the 1950s and early 60s, Philadelphia started to refer to Black Friday as the day between Thanksgiving and the Army-Navy game. Because it would bring in such massive crowds of tourists and shoppers that it would put a local strain on local law enforcement. So they started calling that Black Friday. And it wasn't until the 80s that all of our retail stores started to adopt it for these Black Friday sales. So Philadelphia has played a big part in Black Friday being called Black Friday because it was the game between the day between Thanksgiving and the Army-Navy game. So that's our today in sports history. Guys, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Everyone rests and recovers from yesterday's Thanksgiving holiday. You got another game today, Jets and Dolphins, Black Friday game. Like I told you, you got the Flyers and Rangers at 1 o'clock. You got an NBA game tomorrow. 
But be sure to check out all the Jacob Sports Eagles game day shows right here on the Jacob Sports Network, leading you up to the game on Sunday. I'll be down there with Farzi, Missinelli, Seth Joyner, Kayla Santiago, John McMullen. But hit that like button on the way out. I appreciate all of my Power Hour crew. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, guys, go Birds. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.